0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Wouldn't you think that Jesus would have allowed Peter to write something about communion? He was there at the first communion supper. Well, maybe not Peter. He might have gotten some trouble. But what about John? John was a cool guy. John was a good guy. Why not let John write something? But you know. He did not let John nor Peter write anything He let the Apostle Paul do it Which is amazing because the Apostle Paul was not there Which shows us that which he has given us Was not based on the experience of being at communion But based on that which the Spirit of God wanted the church to know by revelation Let me say that again so that we would know what communion was all about, not by the experience of an individual that was there, but by the Spirit of God that desired us to know what it meant spiritually to receive communion. Amen. So we see here, first of all, he received it from the Lord, or he got it through revelation. It said, In the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. Everybody say, in remembrance. Of me. Now, notice this. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, "This cup is the new testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it, in remembrance of me." Everybody say, "In remembrance of me." Now, that phrase, "in remembrance of me," is what's called a covenant term. It is a term that connects us to the covenant that was cut with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a covenant between God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ, that we get in on through salvation. Amen. The covenant is not dependent upon us because we break it all the time. Are you with me? No, the covenant is dependent upon that which God has done for us in Christ, and we get in on the covenant when we get born again and we step into Christ. We are now in Him. Everybody say, in Him. Now knowing that we are in him, we know now there has been a radical newness that has taken place on the inside of us. We are no longer part of Adam's fallen race. We are part of God's redeemed family. Now, we may still be stuck in a body. We may still have a mind that must be renewed. But the real you, the real spirit man, the Bible calls the hidden man of the heart. It calls uh, uh, the, the, the man on the inside, the new man, the new creature. The real you is born again. The real you has been reconnected to the Creator, to God the Father, through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you in continual remembrance of that word, of, the, uh, of, that, of that work. The blood that was shed, the body that was broken. Now, notice that you've all seen the painting of them sitting at the at the table. And I I don't know whether, how true that is. I thank God for good artists. Amen. But understand, at the table, all of the tables of the Jewish people, even to this day, were set the same. On the table was the showbread. Everybody say the showbread. On the table was the cup, is still the cup of the Messiah. The showbread and the cup of the Messiah were basically the centerpiece of the supper. They were never to be touched, never to be handled. The showbread, which represents the will of man, and the cup of the Messiah, which could only be handled by one person, which was the Messiah. So at this particular time, now I don't know how many times they had celebrated Passover together. I don't know how many times they had sat because that's actually what they're doing is they're celebrating the Passover supper, which is one of the feasts of the nation of Israel. Amen. Now I don't know how many times they had done this, but this particular time it was unique. This particular time Jesus was fixing to become that sacrificial lamb. This particular time he was fixing to shed his blood. So he reached and he took the showbread. Amen. And he took it and he did what he. Blessed it, then he broke it. You say, What do you mean? The showbread, if you'll do a study of that, was representative of what? The will of mankind. How mankind, when he fell, his will became arbitrary to God. He no longer served God, he served himself. He was no longer a servant of his create of the creator. He was a servant of the creature, the one that had been created. And when God, when Jesus reached and took The showbread, what he was saying was this. I'm going to take man's will through the new birth, through that which I do, through my body being broken for humanity, the stripes upon my back, all that happens to me through redemption, I'm going to take the will of man and I'm going to bless man so much it's going to break his will. that's one of the problems I used to have with preaching. I didn't want to be a preacher because I heard all these preachers get up and preach. You know, God will take you, and then God will crunch you, and then God will crack you, and God will break you, and God will mush you, and God will mash you, and God will squish you, and if there's anything left, then maybe he'll use that. Well, I didn't want to be cracked and crunched and mushed and mashed and... And, and I, but I did not realize that if you serve God, if you let God handle your will, if you let him handle your, what he will do is he will bless you, bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you to the point that your will will be broken by his goodness. Your will will be broken by his mercy. Your will will be broken by his grace. And you'll just put up your hand and say, oh, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. A good example this morning. Hong Kong and Chile, these two people, these two couples have what? They've given their will to the Lord. They've given their will to God. Gave their will. Okay, Lord, if you say we'll go to Hong Kong, we'll go to Hong Kong. How'd you like to have to just sell everything you have move to a city like that? How'd you like to just sell everything you have and just move to some foreign country? How can you do that? The only way you can do that is it be a divine breaking of the human will. Where the divine will of God becomes superimposed over and above the will of the individual and the will of the individual is broken by the blessing of God to the point that they just say we can't stand it no more Lord anything you want to do anywhere you want to go that's what we'll do Amen then the cup of the New Testament that's in his blood the new covenant The Bible says we have a better covenant based on better promises. That cup of the Messiah that sat up on the table was never touched. But Jesus reached across the table and he picked up the cup of the Messiah. Can you imagine what those guys must have been doing? Their eyes must have been bugging out as they realized and recognized this is truly the Messiah. Now Peter had said it over Matthew chapter 16. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But now he is demonstrating the reality that all of the law and tradition that had been given for all of those years in Israel was now coming to fruition as he was implementing and acting on that which they said the Messiah would do to become the final sacrifice for the sins of man. Pretty significant event that was taking place That's why we celebrate it today Now notice what it says here It says, we're, "We're no, verse 26 For as often as you eat this bread And drink this cup You do what? You do show forth Let me read that in the Amplified Every time you eat the bread And drink the cup You are representing and signifying And proclaiming the fact Of the Lord's death Till He comes again Now isn't that interesting? I would have thought because you know sometimes if you're a meditator on the word of God you're able to to use your intellect to begin to 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 crack some things in the scripture where revelation can come and hit you. I would not have wrote it like that. I would have not said you do show forth the Lord's death. I would have said the resurrection. When you think that should have been the word there you know to show forth because that was the completion. That was the fulfillment. That's when he came walking out of the tomb. Unless you understand The power of the cross. Paul wrote, for the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved it is the power of God. So when you realize and recognize that it is the death, what is death? Death is, remember we taught this in redemption, death is separation. To the human experience, death does not mean the cessation of life. Are you with me? It is not that when you when your body falls over and there's no pulse, that does not mean you cease to exist. It just means you've changed locations. So unique to the human experience is, number one, spiritual death. Because of spiritual death came physical death. Because of physical death and spiritual death, walking hand in hand, man entered into eternal death. But Jesus came to do away with death by using death To destroy death. Did you get that? You say, what do you mean? Death is what? Separation. So when Jesus died upon the cross, he took what? He was wounded for our transgression. All of the sin we'd ever commit. He was bruised for our iniquity. The motivation of sin on the inside of us. The chastisement of our peace. Everything that could hurt the mind, ruin the emotions, and mess with the will of man. He took it upon himself. And by his stripes, we're healed. Every disease, every sickness, every infirmity, he took it upon himself. The Bible says in Isaiah fifty-two, his vestige was so marred you could not even tell it was a human being hanging on the cross as he suffered with the sin, the sickness, the, the, the depravity, all that was wrong with humanity. He took it on himself. He took it on himself. He took it on himself. Then he what? Somebody gonna get a revelation. Then he died. Which death means what? So his death is your separation. His death is your separation from every sin you've ever committed. His death is your separation from the iniquity, the motivation to sin. His death is your separation from anything that would cause your mind not to be at ease, that would mess with your emotions or your human will. His death separated you from every sickness, from every disease, from every infirmity, from anything the enemy would try to do to your body. His death became our life. When you begin to recognize that, you begin to recognize, yeah, the Lord knew what he was talking about. The Lord knew what he was talking about because death is the greatest thing we've got working for us down here on this planet because his death separated us from everything we were in Adam's family so that we can be everything we, that he says we are in his family. Now, let me. you liking this? Is this helping you? It says in verse 27, Then wherefore, because of that, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the cu- uh, drink the cup of the lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood body and blood of the lord so he was saying this is a holy thing this is an awesome holy thing this is not something to be played with or toyed with you can't come in and make a meal out of it you can't sit the rich people at the front of the room and make the back people stand. You can't serve the rich people on, on China and the poor people on paper plates. You can't make a meal or a celebration. See, they were used to that in the temples of sin in which they were all part of before Christianity came into that region of the world. They were used to 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 to. To worshiping the goddess Diana in the temples of Diana, which was all you don't want to get into what all that was about, but it was horrible. And there was lots of feasting, and there was lots of reverley. Well, they were dragging that into the church. And Paul was saying, No, 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 no. This is a holy thing. This is an awesome thing. This is a righteous thing. And we're not coming here to party. That's what he's telling them. We're not coming here to party. We're not coming here to revel. You better wake up and figure out what you're doing because if you are doing this the wrong way, it will not help you. It will harm you. That's what he's telling them. Now look, let's go a little further. It says here, but let a man examine himself. That, that, that means you don't need to examine the person to the right of you. You don't need to examine the person to the left. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. Now, he's saying to us, now, listen, we take this for granted because we think, well, you know, it's communion Sunday, so I guess that's the night we get to eat the cracker and drink the grape juice. Now, come on, church. And so we come, and it's, well, you know, I guess it's communion Sunday. It really doesn't mean that big deal. Uh, but, But to God, it means a whole lot. And God is saying, when you gather together, uh, on that one Sunday, on that last Sunday, uh, each each month at Island Church, and you take communion, it's not about the cracker, and, and it's not about the, the wafer and the juice that you're drinking. It's about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about the bread that was broken, which was his body. It was about the blood that was spilled, that was uh, the New Testament was established in. It's about your salvation. It's about your healing. It's about your deliverance. It's about your soundness and, st- and your safety. So don't take it for granted that it can be some flippant thing and would you just come and your mind is way over here thinking about what's going to go on during the week and you're not focused on what you're doing and you're not completely cognizant of the reality that you are putting yourself in remembrance of the price that was paid for your salvation. God says if you do it any other way than that, don't do it. Don't do it. If you can't do it that way, don't do it. Now notice what it says. It says, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, in an unworthy manner, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, everybody say, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep or many die prematurely. He's saying when you take an attitude, you're not focused on the things of God. You know, you're thinking about the football game, you're thinking about what you're gonna do at work, you've got you've got all this other clutter in your mind, then it clutters your heart. And you're not realizing and recognizing that you're participating in a divine ordinance, not a human ordinance, but a divine ordinance, something ordained of God that's precious that's holy, that's righteous, that brings you into the remembrance and the reality of this great event that took place on Galgotha's Hill 2,000 years ago, where God himself spread his arms out on a cross and died for you and died for me so that we could live for him. So he says, now a lot of you, now this is actually, let me paraphrase what he's saying. A lot of you are having a hard time getting healed. A lot of you are really suffering with a lot of little sicknesses and diseases, and some of you have died prematurely because you're not taking this thing seriously. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you're not taking this thing seriously. You've got to understand this right here, not just communion, but serving God should be the issue of your life. You say, what do you mean? There should be nothing more important. There should be nothing. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here on Sunday night. But so many people do not, what I call, make it in the things of faith. They come around the things of faith. They see other people blessed. They wonder, why is it not working for me? Well, one of the reasons is, is you just added Christianity to the repertoire of everything else that's going on in your life. You stand in the center of your life and everything revolves around you. Where you need to take yourself out of the center of your life and put Jesus in the center of your life and let everything revolve around Him. And take it very, very seriously. Because it's not just your salvation, it's those you will touch. It's those you will witness to. It's those I don't want to get I don't want to get at, at the at the great white throne judgment when people are being judged and the lambs are being separated from the sheep and people be pointing at me, hollering, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you show me? You walk by me every day, you talk to me every day. I never knew, I never knew, I never knew. The Bible says Jesus will have to wipe our tears for those that would claim that or Or judge us with that. Amen. So you've got to understand. This is the most serious issue of life. We talked about how serious the research that's going on at UTMB. How serious all of the medical stuff. How serious. This is more serious. That treats the body. This is about the eternal spirit of mankind. Which exists forever. And is going to exist either in heaven with God. Or in hell with the enemy of God. So you've got to take it. You've got to be sober you've got to be serious you've got to recognize man when i when i when i'm when i'm eating this when i'm eating this this wafer i'm I, this is this is the this is the not the physical body but this represents the body of jesus this is god manifest in the flesh that allowed his flesh to be broken and Beat and bruised and tortured And this this cup represents his blood that spilled out upon the ground The blood that ran down the cross and ran down the brow of his head And the blood that was on the crown of thorns And the blood in the flesh that was on the cat of nine tails that striped his back And the blood that flowed on his garment This is about eternal things This is about spiritual things This is about salvation This is about healing so the Bible says, if we would examine ourselves, now notice this, and we'll, then we'll receive communion. Then it says this. It says, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Not just discern, not discerning communion, but dis, not discerning the Lord's, what all of this is about. Taking it flippantly. Well, it's just a social organization. It really doesn't matter where you go to church. You know, we're all Christians. We're all Americans. That's crazy. That's crazy. The Bible says we need to do what? Discern that we're part of the body of Christ, the body together. We are a body. God has called us together to be a body, an effective body. You know, we had those missionaries from Hong Kong and from Chile here today. We are reaching those countries as a body. It's not just Pastor Rusty. No, it's the body of Christ in Galveston that's reaching them. All of the other missions work that we do in Ireland and Guatemala and China and down in Australia and the South Sea Islands and all over, the world, over in Africa, that's the body of Christ. That's not just past. That's the body. That's all of us together working together as the body of Christ. So you've got to make a correct judgment about that. Take it very seriously. Take it very soberly. Then it says this, For if we would judge ourselves... We should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Now, this is not eternal judgment. This is not talking about your eternal judgment. Your eternal judgment is settled when you get born again. When you make a decision to ask Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior, this is your eternal judgment. The the, the subject of eternal judgment is settled. Amen? If you were to die, you'd be absent from the body. You'd be present with the Lord. You'd live with Him forever. Amen. But now it's not talking about that. It's talking about judging yourselves in the things we were just talking about. It's kind of like, say in your physical diet, all you ate was uh, uh, Milky Ways. All you drank was chocolate malts and ate sugar by the teaspoon and then just didn't judge yourself on your diet. And then you wondered why you couldn't get yourself healed of sugar diabetes. Wonder why your pancreas didn't operate correctly. or Your liver didn't operate correctly. Or your kidneys didn't. And you, just, and you just were digging your grave with your spoon. You're not judging yourself. You're not judging yourself. If, if you take your credit card and go run up debt all over the place and just never pay it off and always in trouble with the creditors and can't ever pay, you're, you're not judging yourself correctly. You're going to have to suffer the results of that unless, unless you judge yourself. Now, the, the areas that we should be judging ourselves every day, spiritually, number one, judge yourself in your love walk. Is there anyone in your life that you have any animosity toward? Is there anyone that you hold a grudge against? Is there anyone that has harmed you or hurt you to the point you have not forgiven them? If there is, deal with it and deal with it and deal with it it is dealt with we are called to walk in love isn't it amazing that Jesus himself said it's not our love toward God that's going to show people that we're believers it's our love one to another because the whole world knows this is hard to do you say what do you mean people gathering together staying in unity speaking the same thing and walking together together Talking together, having a common purpose, and staying together to fulfill what God wants to do in an area. This is a difficult task. And in order to do that, you're going to have to walk in love with him. He's going to have to walk in love with her. She's going to have to walk in love with him. Every one of us is going to have to do what? Walk in love toward all of those that we're together with in the body of Christ and then walk in love with every person that we know outside the walls of this church. We're called to walk, and it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, it's something that you have to do, and you need to judge yourself. If there's anyone in your, if you can look in the mirror and say, that one person, man, they hurt me. Man, they ripped my heart out. They stomped all over. You need to deal with it. You need to go to God. You need to say, Lord, show me the way I can forgive this individual. You need to say, Lord, help me to walk in love toward that individual. Second, we must judge ourselves on our servitude to God. We are all called to serve the Lord. Most people, they struggle in that one area. You say, what do you mean they struggle in that one area? They have not made the decision. They've gotten saved. Many of them have even gotten filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken other tongues. Many of them have even even studied and read the Bible. But they haven't got to the point where they've said, that's it, that's it, that's it. No matter what, no matter how, no matter where, no matter when, I am going to serve the Lord. I don't care if my wife does. I don't care if my husband does. I don't care if the whole world is going to hell on a roller coaster. I will serve God. I will live for God. I will live righteous. I will live holy like Joshua said. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As long as you play with sin. As long as you play with the old mindsets. As long as you're not in the process of renewing your mind and presenting your body to the Lord. As long as you're playing around with the world, the flesh, and the devil. You had not made that decision yet. You hadn't made that decision yet, and you will. You will stand on the peripheral, wonder why can't I get prayers answered like those people can? Why do I not prosper like those people can? Why do why 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 is my body still wrecked with disease? And this, it's because you have not. You've made him Savior. You've received him as Savior, but you've not received him as Lord. Because Lord means he sits on the throne of your life, not you. And when you get to the point when in your life where you just basically sell it, you say, that's it, Lord. If you tell me, I mean, I, I, Lee and I have been there for years. If God told us, listen, shut down Island Church tomorrow and move to Singapore or move to China, or we'd, be, we'd be gone, all you'd see was us waving bye-bye. That's all you'd see because we're not our own. We're bought with a price. And when God tells us to do something, we do it. We do it. That's the way. When you're not your own, when you're bought with a price and you recognize and realize, then you do it. So you've got to judge yourself on your love walk. You've got to judge yourself on your servitude to God. And this third one, now this may seem out of place, but I want you to know this one will help heal you. You must judge yourself when it comes to money. Because if there's anything on planet Earth that tries to step into the place of God in your life, it's money. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon, which is unrighteous money. Your life, listen, listen. And I know it's hard to, do, to throw this out on a Sunday night and then dis, receive communion, dismiss, and just leave you But I'm going to do it anyway because we can help you with it later. Your life should not just be a quest for money. And I say that, but you'd be surprised. That's the world. That's the world system where their life is what? A quest for money. How much can I get? How much can I save? How much can I spend? How much can I make? What can I do to make it? I mean, it's like money consumes them. Don't let money consume your life. Money is just a tool. It's no different from a hammer. It's no different from a screwdriver. It's no different from this microphone. It's no different from the speakers. It's no different. It's just a tool. And money is either your master, and it tells you what you can do or what you cannot do, or it's your servant, and you tell it what, what it can do or what it cannot do. And when you make a decision, I'm going to get delivered from money. I'm going to get delivered for money, being my God. Or my entire, And a lot of people, say, well, Pastor, you don't know how hard it is out there because you got to understand, i got to pay bills, and I don't make that much money. There's always an excuse, but none of it's valid because God wants you to trust Him. God is faithful. Where's my amens? God is faithful. There have been times in our lives when we wouldn't go look like we paid our, we have paid every bill. We've retired many debts. God has blessed us and increased us, and we don't worry about money. I don't think in in 28, have we ever had an argument about money? We've never had one. Not one. You say, why not? It's not an issue. It should not be an issue in the lives of the believer, whether you have it or whether you don't. Because there are days when you're going to abound And there are other days you're going to be abased There's going to be days of sowing And there's going to be days of reaping But if you will make a decision Money is not my God And my life is not going to be exhausted In a quest for money That once I get it and die I can't take a nickel of it with me I'm going to do something that's more eternal That has more eternal value Than just the green ink on a dollar bill And I'm going to recognize and realize that my money is going to be submitted to God. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to offer. I'm going to sow. I'm going to reap. I'm going to be faithful, as the Word of God says, with my money. And it will not control me ever. When I have none, it won't control me. When I have a bunch, it will not control me. And if you'll judge yourself in that area, it'll bring such healing to your life. How many people today, they have to take medication. They're so worried about money. A lot of people, they have it. And they worry, and they worry, and they worry. Will I have it next week? Will I have it next month? Man, I'm telling you, as long as you got Jesus, you don't have to sweat the money issue. He still has the recipe for manna. He knows how to bring the doves or the quail from afar. He can bring water out of the flinty rock. I tell you, He can pay your taxes with a gold coin out of a fish's mouth. He has abundance and no lack, and if you will trust Him, you won't have to be a slave to money. It will be your servant. Amen. Praise God. Frank, if you will, Brother Frank, go to the keyboard. I'm going to ask our ushers to come. I want everybody to just lift your hands and begin to worship God right now. Get in the attitude of worship. And I want you to just take and judge yourself for a moment in these three simple areas. Did you know judging yourself in these three, three simple, it could bring physical healing to your body. If you're stressed about money, the stress being relieved could heal your body. If you're stressed about A relationship, somebody has hurt you or harmed you. Judging yourself and walking in love can heal you. If you're stressed about the will of God, what you're going to do? Just doing what you know to do can heal you. can heal you physically. I've seen it happen. I know it can. God loves you. God cares about you. You're so precious to the Lord. I was studying in Isaiah. Oh, I've been in Isaiah for. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. I'm starting to get into Isaiah 50 and 51. And it just continually talks about how much God cares, how He has engraven you on the palm of His hands. He cares about you. He sent His Son Jesus. He knows you personally, He knows you individually. He knows all your needs, all your problems, all the situations that you're facing. He knows about it all. He knows about it all. And here's the good news. We don't serve a passive God We serve an active God We serve a God that has done something About the situations of our life We serve a God that's done something About the financial problems that we faced We serve a God that's done something About the physical problems that we face We have certainly serve a God That's done something about the sin issue And when you realize that And recognize that You realize how much He cares for you And how much He loves you Amen Father, today, this afternoon, we take a moment to judge ourselves, to recognize the reality of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. How, when He died on that cross, He took our sin, He took our iniquity, He took every mental anguish we would ever go through, all the stress of 21st century life, He took every sickness and every disease. He took the question of what is the purpose of man And he gave man a purpose Through us serving the Lord Father we're so thankful tonight That we can gather In awe of the great work Done for us through redemption The blood that was shed Seven times that blood Fell to the earth As he prayed in the garden As they beat and pulled his beard Slapped his face As they placed a crown of thorns Upon his head As they whipped his back With a cat of nine tails When they drove nails Into his hands and his feet When they placed a spear Into his precious side The blood of Jesus Began to get activated On our behalf It began to flow On behalf of suffering Crying Dying Humanity And then in heaven After he rose from the dead That blood was offered One time On the mercy seat of God So that we by that blood Might be saved So that we by that blood Might be cleansed So that he could take Our will And break it And bless it So that we could become The servants and the children, and the sons, and the daughters of the Most High God. No wonder no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. No wonder greater is He that is in us than He that is in the earth. No wonder, no wonder we can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. No wonder that with God nothing, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Father, for every circumstance or situation that is represented by your people in this house tonight, I thank you of the reality and the simplicity of Jesus rising up on the inside of them. Father, where people are struggling financially, thank you that Jesus was made poor so that we through him might be made rich. Where people are struggling with habits and addictions, thank you. That he bore that upon himself so that we could be totally delivered, set free and made whole. Where people are suffering with sickness, disease and infirmity. Thank you that he took stripes upon his back. That by those stripes we're healed. And the thing that separates us most from God. That which is the sin nature and the iniquity of man. Jesus took it and he died with it. So that we might be separated from it. So that we could be born anew from above. Oh Lord, we're so ever thankful. We're so ever thankful. Come on church, lift your hands and be thankful. Be thankful for that. My, my, my. 60, 70, 80, 90 years on earth is nothing compared to eternity. You will be forever with God. Forever in His presence. Forever, forever, forever This will affect your life Your life with Him Praise the Lord Thank you Jesus Has everybody been served? Put your hands down for just a moment If you've not been served Raise your hand if you've not been served Praise God, has everybody served? Ushers, have you got yours? guys, there's. Let's make sure all of our ushers are served also Frank, you got yours Frank? You need to make sure you bring Frank We want to make sure Frank gets his Praise the Lord Thank you Lord Jesus Now as we receive communion tonight I trust that you've been judging yourself And you know We've said this We got this in the spirit many years ago Ministering to somebody Sometimes we get things in the spirit That we just kind of adopt And this this one thing the Lord gave us Was this minor adjustments can have major results Minor adjustments can have major results So maybe tonight you've made a minor adjustment You've made a decision to forgive somebody Maybe you've made a decision to serve the Lord. To accept Him not just as your Savior but as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've made a decision to to just give God your will. and Say, Lord, uh, you've just blessed me so much. My will is broken before you. Wherever you say go, whatever you say do, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever it may be, as we receive the the implements of communion tonight, receive healing in your body. Receive deliverance in your soul. Uh, Begin to Begin to have a vision and a view of God blessing you and prospering you. Begin to recognize the curse is broken because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So, Father, tonight, everybody serve. All of our ushers, everybody. Praise the Lord. Tonight, Father, we hold up the bread. Lord, we participate in this ancient ordinance that you gave over 2,000 years ago that's still just as real today as the day that Jesus died. Performed it on that Passover evening there in Jerusalem. When he took and he reached and he took the showbread and he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. He was saying, My will has been broken for you. He said in the garden, Father, if there's any other way, let's do it. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Father, in recognition of the bread, Of the body that was broken. All that it is and all that it represents. We break it. And we receive it in Jesus name. And Lord we recognize. That the blood that was shed. The blood that was offered. You said in your word not by the blood of bulls and goats. But by his own. But by his own. We knew that our blood was tainted with the fall of Adam. We knew that our blood had passed from generation to generation to generation. The iniquity, the weakness, and the trespass of all humanity. But oh, one day the Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh and the blood began to pump through His heart. And the blood began to pump through His body. And it wasn't Adam's blood, it was divine blood. And the blood spilled on the dirt of Golgotha's hill. And the blood ran in the streets of Jerusalem. And the blood stained the garments of the soldiers and of Jesus. And then the blood was gathered and offered upon the mercy seat. Where it remains fresh and vibrant. And instead of us pleading the blood, the blood pleads for us. It pleads for our salvation, our forgiveness, our healing, and our blessing. So tonight, Lord... We thank you for the blood, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Now lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Father, let us tonight remember. Remember the cross. Remember the death. Remember how the earth shook. Remember how the sun hit its face. Remember the three days and three nights of darkness. But let us remember that the stone was rolled away. Let us remember that Jesus walked out of the grave. Let us remember that He is seated at the right hand of the Father tonight, making intercession for us as individuals, making intercession for His body, Island Church. We're so thankful. Tonight, Father, we receive healing in our bodies. Tonight, Father, we receive breakthroughs in our finances. Tonight, Father... We receive provision in our lives when it comes to doing the will of God. Tonight, Father, we receive your favor. We receive your grace. And, Lord, where we've made mistakes, we receive your mercy tonight. For your mercy is new every morning. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now just take a moment and worship him. Oh, the presence of God is real here tonight, folks. I tell you, it's tangible here this evening, church. Oh, the presence of God is here tonight, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Now, let me just do a couple of things. Is that all right? I know we're six minutes over, but is that okay? I just got a couple of things in my spirit. Number one, the Spirit of God just dropped this into my spirit. A word of knowledge is this. The setback will not set you back. I don't know who that's for. If that's for you, receive that. But somebody here, if you've had a setback, God wants you to know the setback will not set you back. So just go on with God. See, a lot of times the devil will try to put a setback in your life, and you think, oh, man, I've lost ground. God says to you tonight, the setback will not set you back. It will not set you back. It will not hinder you. Get yourself up. Dust yourself off. Amen. And just go on with God because the setback will not set you back. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, if that's yours, just lift your hand up and receive it tonight. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. And then one more thing. In my spirit, a word of knowledge, there's been that which is hindered and hindered and hindered. It's like it's a, a, something standing between you and your provision. I don't know if that provision is the healing that has, God has for you. I don't know if it's a financial. I don't know what it is. But the Lord says to you tonight, that which is hindered and hindered and hindered has been removed. It's been removed. So step on into your provision. Step into your provision of healing, your provision of finances, whatever it is. Just step into it. Receive it by faith. Amen. Now lift your hands up and thank God. Oh, receive that word this evening. Receive that word this evening. Receive that. I like that. The setback will not set you back, and that which is hindered has been removed. Woo, glory to God. I receive that. I said, I receive that. Oh, shout to the Lord if you receive that tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Praise your holy name. Well, stand on your feet this evening. Father, we're so blessed to be in your presence. So blessed to be in your house tonight. Lord, as we depart and go off into the world, into our worlds that we live in, thank you, Father, for your protection and safety. As we claim Psalms 91, there shall no evil befall us. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchcalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409 409- 409 we are located at 2411 69th street galveston texas and remember to keep looking unto jesus he is the author and the finisher of our faith